What up, y'all? It's Jesse here, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, coming back at you with another episode on the Christ Convo podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, I hope this episode blesses you. Let's get into it, y'all. What up, y'all? I am here on another episode and I have a guest with me. We're just going to get right into it because she's on 10. My God. You're on 10. <laughs> Am I really? You are. Wow. Y'all, before wow. we started wow. doing this podcast, she started preaching. You hear me? Her initial sermon. What were you preaching about? I was preaching about your voice. Amen. So come on, guys. You have to know there's a power. My God, my God. I feel my Holy Ghost. Should I go there? That wasn't the only thing that you pre- preached about, though. Talked about like... You remember remember when you first started yelling? What did I talk about? I don't remember. Everyone, this is Chi Chi. Oh my gosh, guys. Hi, my name is Chinanya Oluwadamaloju Oluwatemale Agu. And I am a daughter of Zion. Amen. 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 Chi Chi, do you love, love me? me? Are, Are you riding? riding? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. But God loves you. That's the word of the Lord. He, he does. loves you. He does. His everlasting love. He's ever some of y'all been loved by the wrong people mm. in the wrong places. That is a word. So come on and My. get back to your father. Because it ain't really because it ain't really love what you've been receiving. Child, it's more like lust, okay? Come out of it. If you're on a bed right now, come on. Lift that man. Uh-huh. <laughs> and come on, lift that woman and Rip. run to the altar. My God. That was what it was. The altar, the place of exchange. Yeah. There we go. yeah. Be like Joseph it and was run. The altar, yeah. Be like Joseph and run. You know, so don't do not sacrifice your destiny for a one night stand it's not worth it rip those sheets off and run out that door okay get them keys and walk out listen be safe in the holy ghost you still got time okay obedience you still got got time you still got time you still got time do not let the enemy give you a wrong exchange but go to the altar run to the altar (laughs) okay the father's arms are open wide oh yeah monday my god this is gonna be funny Oh, okay. We were talking about something serious. Yeah, no. So, guys, this is my friend Chi-Chi. And, yes, we were clowning that much because that's just, you know, how how she is. That's how I am. Y'all know I'm goofy. Because Christian should have fun, too. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Some of y'all born. That kind of goes with what we're getting ready to talk about. Oh, yeah. So, we're um talking about Christianity and culture or more so the faith with culture. Now, yeah. first things first, I feel like I didn't, I didn't know this until, like, a couple of years ago, but... The word Christian back in the day was an insult. Really? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, it was an insult. Like, in Bible times, mm-hmm. if you called somebody a Christian, it was disrespectful. Wow. And it was sort of like the old Christians would take the word that they were disrespected with and they owned it. So it was like, you can't play me. And wow. regardless of what you say about me, like, I'm going to claim that I am a Christian and that I love God. But, like, the term Christian was not a like it wasn't meant for that sort of like the way you know because we're black you know like the n-word how black people we turned it as a form of endearment Mm. even though our oppressor used it to call us a word that made us you know dumb or ignorant or incapable but like we took the word and like created it as our own and now like when we say like yo what's good my you know what i mean like it's a form of endearment or brotherhood so yeah i didn't know that but yeah if you actually look up history early history with the faith the word christian was not like a compliment at all wow 
that's crazy that's actually that's a word that's like i mean i know that's not what we're here for but like that's legit like a word in itself because we have to really know that like what the enemy really meant for evil got turned off for good because like you said like it wasn't a compliment back then, but now people take the name Christian and it's like seen as something of highest name. Yeah. And literally, we claim it. if you submit your identity, even the wrong identity to God, the Lord would turn that around for good. So literally, y'all, even the things in your life that does not look good right now or that people would be using, because even the woman with the issue of blood, right? Like think mm-hmm. about it, like that was her identity. But now when people reference the woman with the issue of blood, all, they don't see her infirmity. They see her faith. Wow, and that's if good. If you submit your identity, things people have labeled you as, if you submit those labels to God, the Lord would change. Ugh, that's so good. Even freaking Rahab, right? Like, think about it. She was a prostitute, but because she was a prostitute, she literally used her occupation as a good thing, like, in the kingdom. Yeah. And it's like, if you submit your labels to God, he'll bring some good out of it, child. That's wow. good. That's powerful. See, like, we didn't even That's mean good. to go into that. That's good, yeah. But, yeah, so, like, we're talking about how your culture that you were brought up in, how it affects the way you maneuver in the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, Chi-Chi and I both come from two different backgrounds. Um, Very different. <laughs> yeah, two different backgrounds. <laughs> but you grew up in church, right? I did. I did. My dad is a pastor. Oh, I did not was. know that. I did not know he was a pastor. Yeah, he is. So you're a PK just like me. I am. I am. Oh, wow. <laughs> for PK, but yeah. I am so a PK am. as well. Yeah. No, I knew that, but yeah, he's a pastor. Yeah. So we grew up, You so we both grew up in church, but two different um, cultures. Yeah. I'll let, because you are the guest, I will let you go first as to what your culture entailed and how that affected your faith or how you maneuvered with the Lord. Yeah, for sure. So basically, so you guys may not know or you may know, I am Nigerian, the best country in Africa, in case you did not know, because the Ghanaians, they like to talk a lot. Oh, but, wow. you know, who Niger- makes better jollof? Nigerians. Thank you very much. And nobody there's no opposing view right now. Thank you. So Nigerian jollof is the best jollof stamped, period. So anyway, how I grew up. So my dad is a pastor. So of course, I was raised in church. I was raised around church people. I was raised on memory verses. I was raised on competition in the church. Um, so for me, I think just seeing Christianity, I saw Christianity as like something very serious. Of course, and of course, you know, Christianity is, is a serious thing for sure. But um, African Christianity is not to be played with, right? So. In Africa, like witchcraft is a real thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like not the little fake witches who do who do yeah. sage and stuff. No, that, like, like real, real. Yeah, stuff. like real like witchcraft. Like people there. are killing your family, yeah. things like that. So yeah. for me, um, I knew like when you go to church, you're praying all this fire, fire prayer. So for me, I always just saw God as like this God of war. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. like the God who like oh, answers wow. by yeah, like answers by fire. Like His will is just that's it. Um, even like growing up, one of the songs we always sing, and I'm not going to sing it because, you know, amen. <laughs> my, boy, <laughs> my man too is still resting right now. Amen. Oh, gosh. Um, but like one of the songs we always sing will be like unquestionable. You are the Lord. Uh-huh. So basically we're saying that the God that cannot be questioned, he is the Lord. And so growing up, it's just like whenever things happen, you're just like, okay, well, God can't be questioned because God is just this mm. high and mighty God. So he is the unquestionable God. So his will is always his will. Just take it and go. So for me, that's how I saw God. I just saw God as like, you know, 
Lord, seeing God as a friend or seeing God as a father was very much foreign to me because even like in the Christian community, um, African community, like I, I did not see a lot of scandals. Not saying it didn't happen, but it was never like a lot of like pastors going into scandals and stuff like that. Like even my dad's like my dad, and my mom, they did divorce, but like when they would have issues, my dad would always tell <laughs> tell my mom to like you know not let it get to like the church people because they just didn't play that you know like it ain't their business because <laughs> the saints be nosy <laughs> listen nosy but like and they also like didn't play like it was very serious like this whole christian thing is not given like you're a christian one day you fell the next day it was not given that so for me when i like for me i ran from god for that very reason because i'm just like god this whole standard you have is literally impossible like I cannot, oh, wow. yeah. Like I cannot do it. Um, me trying to live a holy life, I'm going to fall. Um, I don't want people looking at me and then I disappoint folks. So for me, that's why I ran from God because I just wanted. I never wanted to reduce the standard of Christianity, you know, because I never wanted the name of the Lord to be mocked because of me. So that's just like growing up. That was really what it was like. Christianity was just like such a high and mighty thing and God was like seen as like, you know, this untouchable being, you know, like saying like now, like since scripture, like, you know, God relates to our infirmities. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because I never saw I never saw God like that. I just always saw God as like, you know, the God who strikes, you know, mm. the God who you know is out here calling down plagues. And I just never could relate to God at all. Like I never thought about a relationship with God. I just always saw God as like not really so much of a dictator, but like just a lot of like just very distant from mm. us. So, yeah. Do you feel like your culture being Nigerian like fueled that? Like that people who raised you in the faith and like just the people that you went to church with, that the Nigerian culture fueled like the perspective of you're not supposed to question, you're not supposed to talk back, or you're not supposed to be emotional or um be as intimate or relatable when you're approaching the lord oh absolutely absolutely i definitely feel like that i feel like christianity was like because whenever i would look at like the pastors because so for one the church i grew up in only men could be pastors and not just like only men could be pastors um but only married men specifically oh really <laughs> yeah, like only married men could be pastors so, so if they were single and living even if they was living right like nope. you can't nope what yeah like only marriage so like for me i've only seen like you know mature men who like you know just like very stiff <laughs> like very stiff Dang. like you know preaching the gospel so it was just kind of like that's really just how i saw god i never saw i never knew to see god as anything else because i just always saw guys like this stiff guy because the representation of god that i saw were very much like you know stiff like it was very stiff it was very much like okay this is what the bible says and that's it you know like i mean grace is a real thing and don't get me wrong i believe in standard but like if you mess up the standard of the of the bible and stuff it's giving you removed from leadership like it's just it's giving like consequences for your action condemnation so, pretty much like it's and it's really sad like thinking back on it now it's it's definitely like it is sad, but I think for me, it definitely, it sure did give me the wrong perspective of God because, perspective of God, because I'm just like, God, I don't want this. Like, I don't want this in my life. I don't want to disappoint anybody. I don't want to disappoint God. And yeah, but yeah, it definitely, it definitely did. Sure did. So did you feel like that affected the way that you treated other brothers and sisters in Christ? 
Absolutely. Um, when I first like got saved, I when lacked, was this? When did you first get saved? Twenty ten, January 9, twenty ten, to be exact. Dang, Chichi, you've been in this thing for. Bro, it's 2022. <laughs> Yo, you've been walking with Jesus for 12 years? It wasn't always consistent, but bless God, I'm here. But yeah, pretty much, I have history with the man. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. I've only been saved for like four years. Really? Three or four years, yeah. Oh, my. I got saved in college. I got saved in 2019. Come on, It's 2022. Come on. You've been in here. You've been in this job four times longer than me. I mean, I wasn't always consistent. It's, it's I mean, but it's you gave your, it But you gave your life to him. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like up through ups and downs. I mean, he's still faithful. It is very faithful. Yeah, I was. I definitely was not always considering the faith, which for one was also because I never had the right perspective of God. Because when I first got saved in 2010, I was saved because I was scared of hell. That was it. I was uh-huh. just like, you know, this God in my me to hell, and I lived my life in the gospel. <laughs> so I'm like, and you know, I've always heard that whenever like with the sermons you hear, the devil might turn you with on tum to with it. You know, like, in the end, and when you're in hell, I'm just like, God, I don't want to be that person. Like, I want the devil taunting me out here <laughs> talking about stuff. You should give me your life to God when you, hear the, when you heard the gospel message. So, I just was, that's when I first got saved. But, yeah, when I first got saved, I definitely liked grace. Because, for me, I just never understood. Like, when I started seeing, like, for one, when I saw young people in ministry, I'm like, what is happening to the world? Um, And then when I would see, like, things going on in the church, I'm just like, Oh, no, absolutely not. You know, like when I see like, you know, preachers cursing, I'm like, God, what the heck is this? You know, like yeah. people drinking. I'm like, God, yeah. what is happening? Like yeah. at, at some point I was like, I serve a different Jesus. And <laughs> um, so, yeah, it definitely did. I, I definitely lacked a lot of grace. Um, But I think one of the reasons why like that changed pretty quickly, because like I said, I had a lot of ups and downs with God. I had to experience the grace of God firsthand for me to be able to give those grace to other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all work together for good. That's so interesting. I feel like for me, it was kind of the opposite. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't grow up with a standard because I did. And what I mean a standard is, is like, you wasn't going to curse in church. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You wasn't going to wear any old thing to church. Right, right, right. Like, with my upbringing. However, I remember that when it came and this is not to blame anybody like i appreciate my upbringing like i just want to say that first things first is i honor my upbringing and Mm -hmm. anybody who like contributed to that um but for me what i noticed a lot is i didn't really think about hell that much Mm. Uh, oh actually let me let me rephrase that i thought about hell but it wasn't like something that was spoken to me Mm. by the people that i was exposed to early in the faith um so I was in high school, you know what I'm saying? I was a PK as well. Mm-hmm. And this is when like lust really took over my life. Mm-hmm. So a lot of fornication, uh, addiction to pornography. Um, and I was just going by life and nobody really called it out. Mm. Um, like I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't listen to any sermons because I wasn't ever like, I wasn't really interested in the things of God really. Um, I was just, I just knew church. So... I was never really confronted because I never put myself in a position to be confronted. Um, Yeah, I remember there was like one time where I was sitting and talking to my grandfather. um, And this is when I was in like, I think in middle school, getting ready to go into high school or the beginning of my high school career. And I remember my grandfather, he read a scripture to me that was basically talking about like uh, repentance. And what I know, one thing is, 
there's there is definitely <clears throat> excuse me there is there is an age of accountability yeah i don't know when it is for everyone but there is an age of accountability for every single person and it may be different like i'm not gonna say it's 12 i'm not gonna say it's 15 i just don't know but what i'm saying is there is an age where you know what you're doing right and you you can be held accountable to that yeah. like with damnation yeah like and i know that sounds kind of crazy but like it's the truth mm-hmm. and so what happened was is he was talking to me about repentance and there was a scripture in the bible i don't know where he specifically pointed me to but the scripture was basically saying like if you do not repent from your sins you will not receive everlasting life and i remember wow. when he said that to me there was like awkward silence mm. because I feel like he and I both knew what happened in that moment. Mm. Like, I feel like he knew that there was something confronted in me that was never confronted in me before. Yeah. But but you know what's crazy is like, when you are, because when I was in high school, I definitely surpassed that age of accountability. Right. So I knew what I was doing was wrong. Wow. Like, my mindset in high school, like this was in high school, in the back of my head, I was like, dang, if I died, I probably would not be with God mm. because I don't know him. Wow. Be- you know what I'm saying? And um, that was just something that was in the back of my head, but I took it so lightly. And I feel like that kind of also might have dealt with like the culture that I grew up in mm-hmm. because when I would see certain people um, like that I grew up with, like my comrades and the people that were in my age range, they were acting in any old kind of way. Yeah. And nobody really confronted it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I thought it was just nonchalant Ooh. and chill and like we was all cooling. But like I realized to this day now that I was on the road to deception. Yeah. I was on the road to destruction, like flat out. And so I remember my grandfather, <clears throat> when he sat me down and he said that, I remember like running the entire verse through my head because I knew what it meant. Yeah. Like I didn't, I never studied scripture like I grew up just like you, how I memorize scripture right, right, right. because in the Baptist church, you're going to know the book. Yeah, the book. Like well, if, if I'm book. telling you, <laughs> but like in, in anybody who knows, you know, growing up Baptist, whether if you, you know what I'm saying? Whether if you are filled with the Holy ghost, speaking in tongues, casting out devils, or if you sleeping with the whole church, mm-hmm. you're going to know that book though. Like that's something, <laughs> Yeah, that's something that Baptist people like instill in their uh, children and like the ones that come after them. But when, when he said that scripture to me, I was like, wow, you know, I, I, I understood that there was, I realized that I had some form of responsibility with where my soul would end up for eternity because he didn't say hell to me, but he said the scripture, which says you will not inherit eternal life. Mm. So what does that mean? Now, don't get me wrong. Like, it doesn't just mean hell, like eternal yeah, yeah. life. Like you can step into eternity here on earth. Eternal and so there's, God. yeah, so there's an, a, there's a, there's a dimension of eternity that you could walk in here and like, you can experience the kingdom of God here on earth. So with a lack of repentance, you won't experience that. Right. That's but good. that also includes your eternal salvation. That's good. Like being separated from God. And I feel like even when it comes to the term hell, like I'm not saying we should stray away from it, but I always equate to hell as separation from God. Yeah. And I, and I look at it from the perspective of like, let's say 
Heaven is where God resides. Heaven is where God lives, right? So if you've shown throughout your entire life that you didn't want to live with God, why all of a sudden would you Come on, that's the word. Why would you why would you want to live with him forever? Why? Come on. You know what I'm now. saying? You, Ooh, come your, on. your life is on average like eighty to ninety years. And with that, if that for those full on eighty years or ninety years or whatever, you didn't really want to live with God. So what would make you think you would want to live with him in eternity? But like because we think of heaven and how pleasing and convenient it is, it's like, oh no, but it's like, would you let somebody in this house if you don't know them? No, like what would it look like if somebody knocked on my house door and a full blown stranger and they want access to my en- not. they want access to my entire house. This is why we put alarms on our houses and locks. Yeah, because if you break in, you might get, you know, what I'm saying you might yeah. get clocked yeah, yeah. or clapped. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it shows a level of guarding. And yeah. protection that the Lord has concerning his kingdom. He's not just going to let anybody in. And that was the realization that I had to face. And I thank God because the Lord showed mercy on me. Because yeah. honestly, in that moment, when I had that conversation with, I don't think, I don't even think anybody knows about this because I didn't tell anybody about this conversation. But in that moment, when I had that conversation with my grandfather, from that moment on, I was held accountable. And I knew I was. Because even though he and I didn't continue the conversation, I knew. Because, you know, you have that inner knowing. You have that inner. Listen, you cannot. You cannot play God. You can't. You cannot G check the OG. Yeah. You cannot. God knows everything. Yeah. So in that moment, I knew that when he read me that verse, I didn't have to know the specific scripture. All I knew is that it was in the book. I knew the moment he read that verse and the moment my spirit and my mind comprehended what he was saying, I was like, dang, I'm held accountable now. I cannot just live however I want and expect to be with Jesus. That's crazy. That's so funny because it's so funny that you say that because literally for me, it was the opposite. Like I grew up with a work-based Christianity. I remember when I was younger, like when I was younger, apparently I'm like the black sheep of my family. I mean, I wasn't that terrible, but I, I was, praise God, um, <laughs> because now I'm white as snow, amen. Um, anyway, so I remember I was talking to my mom one time about, like, heaven or hell, and my mom had, like, casually mentioned that, like, you know, there's, like, a number of people that will make it to heaven, and, like, she was just like, I was like, okay, what's the number? <laughs> you know, trying to see if I had a chance. I'm trying to be in the number. <laughs> you know, like, and basically my mom was like, even if it was so many people, would you make it? And I was like, well, shit, mother. Um, because she, there was just no, because I wasn't living right. I was not living right. So my mom made it clear that like, the way you're living, you may be a kid, but you're not making it to heaven. So for me. Oh, wow. I know, right? So, <laughs> Yo, <laughs> so for wait. me, I was just like. <laughs> Your mom said that my to mom you? My mom said that to me. I guess she was trying to like, you know. <laughs> encouraged me to leave right but wow. I, mean, I was just like but for me i was like well never mind then so literally like when i even started like to get to know god everything i would do was done from like a work-based christianity like i remember like when i first went to like start praying the holy ghost i was like okay i have to fast and pray for this because it's like everything i've seen about god was always so strict it was always like 
got you know got like i don't know it felt very transactional i think that's the word mm. right so like even as kids like we'll they'll tell the kids like you know do like three days um fasting and prayer it's like we don't eat for three days we'll only drink water and literally that was fasting as, as kids. kids like as kids like literally like, the first time i fasted i was in college i was at bc yeah like as kids were doing like three-day no. fasting prayer and literally like it was given like it was very strict christianity like i remember one time um in church like one of the prophets was like you know there's somebody in here you have a boyfriend and everyone's like oh <laughs> like, it was kind of like oh who got a boyfriend in this church you know kind of like child you messed up now you know and it's like now think about going there they only had a relationship like child it's not that deep but it was kind of like a big deal because you know everyone's out here like <laughs> trying to live a holy life you know so it was just crazy like i grew up in like a very work-based christianity like in order to like, access god i have to fast in order to like um talk to the lord i have to like you know not sin for mm. two weeks so and that's definitely not healthy because that's not what the lord that's not what the Lord allows for us. So for me, when I first got saved, I remember like one of the main reasons why I backed. So it was like, I was just like, God, I legit cannot do this. Like, I don't know. Your standards are too high and I just can't. Like, I cannot reach your standard. Apparently, if I'm going to make it to hell anyway, I might as well enjoy life while I'm here. Mm. <laughs> you know? And the Lord literally has like start stripping down a perform a performance mentality. Like, it's crazy because I think it's something about like the African culture African culture is so used to performing, right? So even like academically, it was given like my mom was always yeah, like, "Yeah, y'all don't play, don't play, y'all like, do not play, get a four point or nothing." Like that was it. That was the standard, right? Um, I mean, I didn't get a four point. I graduated three point nine six GPA, close enough. But even that was like a disappointment because like my my two siblings were valedictorian and I was the only non valedictorian in my family. It so, is. <laughs> it it was, is so wild. The differences crazy because if i got a three nine my mom and my dad would have been shouting like yeah i know like it's crazy so like everything was always like performance mentality it's like my brother and my sister again when they were young they like memorized like matthew for comp for competition and, like the whole book like the whole book like just for fun like again so it's like everything was always just like performance mentality show wow. that you're a christian so for me i must say like when i came to like this culture it was very much different because, like, I would just see people in church and it's like, yeah, I'm just here because my mom wants me to be here. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we had that too. But for me, it's just like, child, do you even know the first name I've been a Christian? Like, are you not scared? <laughs> are you not scared? Are you not nervous? Nothing. But it was just like people would just say they're Christians. And kind of like you were saying, Jesse, on your Instagram, like, people would say they're Christians and they're half naked. Forget half naked. They're fully naked on social media, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I'm getting to the point now where like I look at certain posts and I'm just like, you might as well just be naked. Like, yeah. take your clothes off and just post a picture at this Literally, point. Literally. Because like, I'm like, there's no need for your clothes. Like, that, that kind of stuff just, it kind of annoys me because I'm just like, the point of clothes is to cover you. Yeah. So why are you wearing them if you're uncovered? It's literally exactly, like a contradiction. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it. It's like, to me, it's self-defeating mm -hmm. because it's like you're trying to wear coverings to flaunt your body exposure. Yeah. And it's like, don't make sense to me. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Continue. No, for sure. And like, I think, and that's the thing with culture, right? Because it, it seems like 
the Christian community, we have not found that balance, right? So we have like the full extreme of African just being religious. Yeah. Like just a religious mindset, making sure you have to follow all the rules to be Christian, making sure you're checking every box, making sure you're dressing up to church on Sundays. And that's still not healthy. Mm-hmm. And then you have the very much lenient culture saying you can do whatever you, you want. Whatever it's a you grace want, yeah. mentality. Yeah. And again, that's not healthy. Yeah. And I really just believe it's just like a... We just have to go back to the culture of heaven, yeah. <laughs> like the culture of heaven, because a lot of people have created this culture of what it means to be saved, what it means to be a Christian. And obviously, like, it's just not it. Yeah. I feel like God, you God allows the kingdom culture to be expressed in different cultures in different ways. Yeah. But I would say the only flawless culture is his culture. Yeah, for sure. Like and because what you're saying is um, actually what you're saying the first time I actually, for me, the first time I actually witnessed the fear of the Lord, like for real, for real, was in an African uh, gathering, mm-hmm. BCF. Yeah. My first, you were there. We just never met. Yeah, crazy. Right? So there's this, um, there's this uh, program called Bethel Campus Fellowship for like college students, and would you say it's like majority African? Pretty much eighty percent. Yeah, eighty percent. Okay. <laughs> um. And, like, there are a bunch of young people, like, on fire for God. Like, yeah. and this was my first time ever seeing um, prophecy, casting mm-hmm. out devils. I heard people speak in tongues um, because I was just at a HBCU. So, like, black people, we speak in tongues. So, you're going to hear that. But the consistency in casting out of devils, like, this wasn't no cute stuff. Like, yeah. I'm talking. You remember Pastor Natasha? Yeah. I mean, like, the woman of God was... Casting demons out um, on stage without touching people. Like she would speak the word of the Lord and say, come out in Jesus name. And I would see uh, people crawling on the floor like spiders, people crying, girls crying out with deep voices. Like when I just heard you talk 10 minutes ago and your voice was higher than mine. And now a demon is screaming through you and it sounds deeper than me. Like I'm talking, I, I would, people would be getting, trying to punch folk. Because the demons were inside of them manifesting. And I'm just like, okay, this is a very interesting thing. And when I got exposed to it, I was kind of confused because I didn't know what to do in that environment. Mm-hmm. But I was not afraid. Mm, like, I was, I was not afraid. I was just confused and I was kind of lost. Because I did not know how to maneuver. Because I didn't really tap into the anointing or the placing of an intercessor yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know in moments like that. Because, you know, our church, we do that. Yeah, but yeah. when we do that, we pray. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or for you and I, we'll cast them out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was very interesting. But also, the fear of the Lord as well. Because when it comes to uh, prophecy, I remember at BCF... And I I, ne- I never experienced this before ever. Uncle George, um, who's like the head or like the leader of the organization that we're talking about, this man walked his tail on that stage in front of all of us, held that microphone and said, one of you is sleeping with the choir members at your church. <laughs> Come up and repent. The Lord wants to save and heal you. And I'm like... Uh, they do become repentant, like, yeah. and I'm like, what's all this? Like I said, like I never seen that before. Mm-hmm. So, and the person came up, yeah, and I'm like, oh, and to me, it was a very interesting experience because what I also noticed is 
I was one of the few that wasn't familiar with this. Yeah. Like, it was like y'all were accustomed to this kind of stuff. Right. Which is where I was like, okay, this this is interesting. So when I experienced it, I felt like it really quickened the fear of the Lord for me. Right. Because yeah. I, I'm realizing as well, like you said, we are we are lacking the balance. Yeah. And it's important to have it. It's important to have the, for example, how you were saying, you felt like you had to fast two to three weeks to hear a word from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Or you had to live up according to a standard. Or you had to be perfect. But then it's like God had to snatch you out of that. And show you the power of the blood. Mm, come on. You know what I'm saying? However, at the same time, you have the culture where it's like, I can do whatever I want. I can live however I want. Or I'm very nonchalant about my sins and my wickedness. Yes. But then it's like God has to snatch you out of that and remind you that he's holy. Yeah. And there's a standard set before him in how you are expected to live. Yeah. So how do you feel like we can introduce that culture, I guess, like like you raising up, as, you coming up as a leader and like as a father, you know, in the future and all of that, spiritual father, natural father. Oh, amen. gosh, um, you're messy. I'm not messy at all. I'm just saying the truth. Um, yeah, just his spiritual father. I'm no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> But he's accepting spiritual kids' application. No, I'm not. <laughs> Don't come over here. No, 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 no. Just sliding his DM like, hey, Papa. <laughs> hey, Papa, Prophet Jesse. No, no, anyway, no. Anyway, um, how would you like? How would you say people can find that balance? I feel like people, I look at us, right? We can only embrace a culture that we are in. Yeah. So this is where... The fivefold offices come on, yeah, are important. That's good because look, we have pastors, we have evangelists, we have teachers, but we need apostles and prophets, yeah, to be active in God's church. That's really good. Scripturally, we have no proof that they have discontinued. And if I could just be frank, there was not one pastor in the New Testament. Mm. Every leader that you saw, I mean, you saw elders, but in regards to like the main leaders in the church, you had Paul, Timothy, you know, apostles, Silas, apostle, Stephen, evangelist, Philip, evangelist, like, you know what I'm saying? The importance of the fivefold is very important. It's very necessary because I feel like how, how it works is this. People get to know God in their own personal time, mm-hmm. in their own personal intimacy. As they get to know God, there is a supernatural download of the culture of heaven. Mm, that's good. Then they are able to release that culture into the earth. That's good. When at the appointed time for leadership. Yeah. So what we need is we need leaders that have experienced the culture of heaven and are now able to release it and turn it into a culture. So yeah. now when folks like who we were back then give our life to Jesus. We have now, we are now endowed in a culture of recognizing that we're under the new covenant and we're under grace, but still recognizing that God is holy and he's not one of our little friends because even like with friendship with Jesus, 
friendship with Jesus does not look like friendship with anyone else. It doesn't. What I mean by that is like, for you, you and I are friends. Mm -hmm. If you say something to me and I disagree, I have the right to do that. Yeah. With Jesus, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. But what yeah. I'm saying is, is like, if you say that I should buy a red car instead of a black car, I have the choice to say, no, Chi-Chi, I'm going to buy the black car instead of the red car. Because you're paying for it, yeah. You get what I'm saying? But if God says, Jesse, buy the red car, I'm instructing you to buy that. I can't say, God, I disagree. I want to buy, buy the yellow one. I want to buy. No, you, you do what God tells you to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's a part of friendship. Because what does the, what does the Bible say in John 15? Ye are my friends mm -hmm. if you do whatsoever I command you. Yeah. It's not just about how much time you spend with God. Because folks can pray for hours and not do what he says. Mm -hmm. That's good. Folks can sing the songs and not do what he says. If you're really his friend, you'll do what he says. Exactly. I agree. I still agree. And I like what you said about like introducing people to the culture of heaven. Because I think what happens in today's day and age is we don't see people introduce the culture of heaven. We see people introduce the culture of the church, which is why like denominational loyalty is so strong. Like, oh, I'm Baptist or I'm Kojic, I'm African. Like, who cares? Do you know Jesus Christ? Like, you know, do you know Jesus Christ? Now you live in for Jesus Christ. Because when you get introduced to the culture of heaven, then the Lord himself will teach you what you need to know. Like the Bible says he will teach you all things, all things right? Yeah. And we have to understand that God is a very multidimensional God. Mm. So yes, we have God as a friend and you know, he is the God that says, come let us reason together, things like that. But we also very much have God as a judge. <clears throat> he is a lion and a lamp. And I think sometimes people forget the people forget the, the fact that God is indeed a lion. Mm. And we instead see him as a lamb that was slain for our sin and iniquity, which he is, but we also have to be able to see God in a different light. So for people who have, like, good relationship with their parents, you guys can attest to this, right? So, like, you know, you have those moments when, like, your mom or your father might come to you just, like, joking with you, like, you know, you guys may punch each other. I don't know if you punch each other a little bit, but, you mm. know, like, maybe, like, I do that. punch you out, like, a little bit or something <laughs> like that, or, like, you know, joke around but then you have moments when like your parent would come to you and like this is their moment to act like a parent like mm. now it's like i'm not coming to you as your little friend that's good. i'm coming to you as your mother and your father and my word is final and i think sometimes people are just like oh god is a god of grace so that means i can be a woman of god or i can claim christianity and I can do whatever I want, but that's not what it means, right? So Galatians 2.20 talks about, I have been crucified with Christ. Being a Christian is crucifixion. It mm. means that Chi-Chi, what Chi-Chi wants to do does not matter, right? So whatever culture I was raised in has been crucified. Now it's Christ, what do you want to do through Jesus. my life, you know? And we have to recognize that this is not about what we're raised in. This is not about trying to pass down um, our culture to our children, this is about God. What are you trying to do through me in this season? So we have to re recognize that as Christians, we have a responsibility to showcase Christ. And sometimes the Lord might want to be showcased. So Jude talks about this, right? Some people snatched by fire. Others, yeah. you know, I don't know, if, you know the scripture like that. I read the Bible. You, mean, yeah. you know, like others saved by grace, right? Yeah. So basically, we have to recognize that everybody is not a one-size-fit-all. And sometimes we see people. That's why you see people on the street out here talking about some. You're going to hell if you commit abortion. 
who said that? Please tell me who said that, right? Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Sin is still sin. I'm not it saying is. that. Yes. However, I am saying I do not think sin is what sends people to hell. And I will explain that in a second. I think lack of faith in God is what sends you to hell, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, I really believe. Like, so if I'm truly following God, so the Bible says in James, right? To him who knows what is right, but do mm-hmm. it not. To him, it's a sin. Right. So I really believe if I'm doing and I may be wrong, I'm willing to be wrong on this. But Mm. if I'm doing something wrong that I don't really believe is sin, I'm just out here doing it, you know, gluttony, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. So like if I'm just out here overeating and things like that and I don't think it's sin. I really believe in that moment it's not sin for me because I just never realized it. I've never like been convicted. Nobody ever talks to me about it. But the moment I know. It's a sin that I choose to still do it. I believe. I don't know. I may be wrong. Yeah. I may be wrong. Let me I'm hop in. Let me, be, yeah, let, go ahead. Let me hop in. So I think I get what you're saying. I'm going to try to. I feel like there's a level of accountability that is not the same to somebody who's more aware. Because like right. I've met Christians that have said when they first like they were masturbating. And they oh said my. when they were they said when they masturbated, when they first started masturbating, they did not think that it was not sin. Like they thought it was OK. Right. Because they were not having sex with somebody. So do you think if they died in that moment without knowing it's a sin, you think they would have gone to hell? I don't think it would I don't think they would have gone to hell. I'm not the I'm not the ability to I don't have the ability to say that, right? Right. But I do believe that it's still sin. I do believe it's sin. Yeah. I do believe it's sin. What I'm saying is I really feel like some like and I don't know. I'm trying to like see because I know the Bible just like you know his people perishes for lack of knowledge. Yeah. So that that's also true because that's also Bible, there, right? There's people because there's people, right? So, like, you have a situation where, say, if a pastor dumbs down the gospel, right? somebody dies and goes to hell because that pastor was supposed to be the one that was sent by God. The blood is on the pastor's hand. Yeah. But what happens to the person who, goes, who, um, who died in sin without knowing? I mean, like, that's for God to decide. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know. But, like, it's, but I do believe that there are situations where people have died and gone to hell and didn't know that they were going to go to hell. Like... I'm pretty sure that there have been, I mean, I'm pretty sure you've seen the videos of people who say like a lot of Christians are going to be, a lot of quote unquote Christians are going to be shocked when they, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Or you even see in Matthew chapter seven, right? If we see the way that he was communicating with the people that said, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, depart from me. I never knew you. If you look at the workers of iniquity, you workers of iniquity. Right. right? But what I'm saying is, if you look at that scripture, those people were surprised. But this is my thing. They Okay. So look, ready, ready, ready. Look, look, they weren't expecting to be going to heaven. Like they weren't expecting to be going to hell. They met the Lord. And they were, they met, you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. And this is not supposed to be an argument, but however, it is a discussion. I'm kind of, it's a discussion, yeah. Yeah, I'm really curious for this because my thing is, in that scripture, the Bible calls them workers of iniquity, uh-huh. which means they practice iniquity pretty regularly. Like, uh-huh. so if I work at a job, I know I'm going to this job. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I'm talking about like, maybe I may not be aware that like, you know, wearing shorts is immodest. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I get and you. And let's say, God forbid, like whoever dies wearing shorts, you know, like they went to the store, they wore shorts and like they got killed in car accident, God forbid, right? Yeah. Like, would they go to hell because they were not aware? No, I don't think so. I and think that's what I'm saying. I, I think I, it's more so like, honestly, if I could just be real, I don't even think the 
question should be would they go to hell or not like i don't even think yes. that's the, i don't think that's the thing that we should be aiming towards because i think that goes back to what you were saying about how religion you wanted to go you wanted to get saved simply because you didn't want to go to hell yes which i'm like that's not why you should get saved you should yes. get you should get saved because you want to know jesus that's my point point. and in knowing jesus you're rescued from hell Thank you. And that's my point. That's why I was saying, like, I don't necessarily think sin is what sent people to, the, to hell. I feel like lack of knowing God because as you know God, the Lord actually prunes this thing from your life. So when I first got saved, for example, I can speak for myself. I personally got saved and I was still cursing. Like, the Lord, and honestly, truly, like, there were some curse words that, you know, I thought I knew was a sin. So, like, the F word, mm. all of that. But the D word, I was still saying. I was like, you know, like, yeah. that's not a sin. And then the Lord started, like, you know, to prune my language. Like, mm. Mm-mm, don't so, say that. So what do you feel like, because I, somebody, a pastor said this, I won't say who, but a pastor said what you just said in regards to people don't go to hell for sin. People go to My hell Todd. For, people go, I mean, you said it. I wasn't going to say it. Um, <laughs> people, go to, people go to hell for lack of belief, not for sin. And so another pastor confronted him and responded and said, that's not true because unbelief is a sin. Right, I get that, but so in we're a talking, sense, it's a two different kind of unbelief, though. This is mm-hmm. lack of placing your belief in Jesus Christ. Uh huh. And I feel like so because that's what sanctification is. Uh huh. Right. So let's say somebody got saved yesterday. Okay, cool. The man on the cross, the thief on the cross. Yeah. He probably had issues Very that he still so, yeah. he still didn't resist, and the Lord still said, you know, you will be you will be with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like. The process of sanctification is a real thing for believers. And I think that's the whole point of religious-based Christianity. Yeah. I was not against it because I felt like I knew what he was saying. Now, this is not an excuse to live in sin. I'm going to say that one more time. This is not an excuse to live in sin because if you truly know God, you will not want to hurt the heart of God. Yeah. And that's all it flow from, right? So if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's, all this that's what flows he said, from yeah. love. The Bible also says the love of Christ compels us. So if you're compelled by anything good, but the love of Christ, I would like to tell you you don't know God. Yeah. So I really believe like if you know God, you will want to abstain from sin. So like for me, there was a time in my life when I was very modest. Like honestly, truly... I was the kind of person, like, I always wore tank top just because I'm just like, child, why not? Like, you know, like, I'm just out here, like, trying to show show off, you know, what I felt like the Lord gave to me. I'm like, God, you gave it to me. Why not just show it off? And the Lord starts to confront me and things. I'm like, God, what's wrong with it? Like, you gave it to me, so I, mm. why can't I do it? And then, like, somebody, like, you know, showed me, like, scriptures. And literally, like, since then, I was just like, oh, God, I get it now, you know? Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't want to even be like that because it hurts the heart of God. However, some things the Lord bring to you little by little. So there are some things the Lord might bring to me next month. Like, hey, Chi, the way you talk to this person was not right. I need yeah. to change that. So I really feel like. We just have to really teach people God and we have to really, we have to get people to fall in love with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like that has to be the culture in the kingdom. Like now the culture in the kingdom is like in some churches, not every church is you, you fall in love with a title. And I just want to tell you, titles don't sustain you. We have mad pastors, prophets living in sin and they're going to be in hell because they're workers of iniquity. Yeah. Right. Not saying they fell into iniquity, but they're workers of iniquity. Yeah. And you're going to, you, you see pastors, all of that committing suicide because again, there's a lack of knowledge and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like you commit suicide because you don't know God. However, there's a part of you that neglected belief in God and instead you followed your feelings. That's yeah. how suicide comes. Right. So, but we have to really teach people what it means to know Jesus Christ. I feel like the main point, even through all of this is like 
if he's in you, you're gonna change. Exactly. That's you will, it. You will not. You will not remain the same. Exactly. Like, regardless of like the conversation that we just had. Like, there's so many gray areas concerning that because yeah. at the end of the day, like, I think the only person that's able to see it black or white is God himself. Yeah. Like, because he's all knowing and he knows everything about everyone. So, like, he's the he's the final judge. But all in all, what we know with our little finite minds is if he's in you, you are going to change. Yeah. And that's Bible. And that goes back to what you were talking about, like, how God was stripping your culture from you because with us talking about christianity and culture i feel like what do we like the first thing that we have to do as christians is repent yeah that is the number one elementary step right which is repentance but what's crazy is is the word repentance in the bible it means to change your mind right but what a lot of people sometimes don't realize is a lot of the thought patterns that we have to change was infused by our culture that's good. And I'm not just talking about like That's the culture. Good. I'm not just talking about the culture of the world because we have that. But like I'm also talking about like the black culture. That's good. The African-American culture. The That's African good. culture. That's good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Baptist culture, the African Methodist or whatever denomination you went into. Right. These things might have infused a mindset inside of us that was contrary to Christ. Yeah. And exactly. we had to get we had to get stripped from that. So, like, for an example, um, for you, in your situation, you're saying that you struggled to see God as father. Sure did. Or friend. But you only saw him as an aggressive judge who, sure sent, who sent fire down. Right? But we see in the scripture that the Bible says that if your brother is found in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore him gently. Yeah. So this is an example where the um, gentleness of God is combating your mindset. Whereas for me, I was so nonchalant <clears throat> with my perspective where I was just like, eh, like it is what it is. Like, I'm going to do what I want. Like, literally, my mindset was like, okay, um, I'm going to just live in sin however I, however long I want to. And by the time I'm 30, I'm going to get married. I'm going to settle down. And I'm going to actually like go to church and start getting myself together and stuff. And that was my mindset. Like I swore, yeah. I, I, swore I had time. Mm. But there's a scripture that says, don't fear man who can kill your body. But fear God who not just can kill your body and soul, but can cast your soul into yeah. hell. So in that moment, when I came to the realization, like, oh, like God had to use that to combat the nonchalant attitude that I had towards my faith or my fear towards him. What's crazy is, is like you said, when Jude is talking about some get snatched, you know, what I'm saying by love or by grace and some yeah. some you literally have to like pull them violently out of the fire. Yeah. There's a scripture that Paul said, the Apostle Paul, he said, knowing the fear or the terror, knowing, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So yeah. like, even with that, we have to be very careful sometimes judging some t people's preaching style sometimes. That because, I see. because God may do that for them. Like when, when people say like, for example, I'm 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 gonna confront a myth. You ready for this? Come on. When people say the fear of the Lord is not like being afraid of him, that's actually not true. Not true. If you look at the Bible, 
the actual word for the fear of God, like the Greek word for it, I don't know the name of it, but if you look it up, if you look up any scripture that's talking about the fear of God, right, it equates to terror. Yeah. It equates to being afraid of, like knowing like, oh, snap, like you can smite me and rip me to shreds at any moment because you're God and you would still be just in doing it. You'll be just. That's the part. And, and, and it's not to say that you're supposed to walk around on eggshells and you're supposed to, you know, like you, you don't want to pray because you're afraid that God will strike lightning down at any moment. But like there but it's good because it's like. Yeah, bro, watch who you talking to. Yeah. Like, I ain't one of your little friends. Like, he's not. Listen, like, I love you. And, like, we may have friendship, but friendship with me is not the same as friendship with Chi Chi or friendship with Darren or Valerie or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, friendship with me is friendship with me. Like, and and that's all that it is. And so I think it's good and necessary because even the Bible says what? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. So, there needs to be, like you said, a level of balance. And so we need the people that are anointed to preach the messages of grace. But we also need people that are anointed to communicate the fear of the Lord. And honestly, if we are Holy Ghost filled Christians, we should be able to turn off, turn each one off and on as we need to. That's good. We should be able to discern, okay, does this person need Jesus the lamb or Jesus the lion? So, for example, if I That's ran into good. somebody like you how you were raised, you didn't need Jesus the Lion. I didn't. Because you already you already met Jesus the Lion. Jesse. You needed Jesus the Lamb. Discernment. I'm, I found the scripture, by the way. It's Jude 1, verse 22. It says, And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garments stained by, by the flesh. But Jesse, that is so true. I remember I had a mentor back in... Um, Back in college, and literally when I tell you, she was so condemning. Like, and I guess that's probably how God was revealed to her. It's actually funny because she's not really saved right now. Praise God. I oh, she gets Jesus. Saved anyway, but she apologized later, so we'll, we'll pass that. But, like, literally everything was, like, always judgment, judgment, judgment. Oh, I was, I might say, I struggled with modesty. Oh, you don't look like a woman of God. You're not acting like a woman of God. You're not doing this like a woman of God. You're not walking like a woman of God. You're not breathing like a woman of God. Your hair doesn't look like a woman of God. I mean, I'm just like, child. At some point, I was like, you know what? I don't need a woman of God. Like, I don't I don't want it. Forget this. Like, because in my head, it just brought me back, like, to, like, the religious, mm. all the religious jaggers I had yeah. grown up with. And for me, her words did nothing for me. Mm. It did nothing at all. And I remember, like, me actually changing my mind. So somebody actually just sitting me down, showing me mercy, showing wow. me that like, I care about your soul. I care about you. And this is what the Bible says. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I feel so, I feel so loved. Like, absolutely, I want to change, you know? And I think we have to, this is where discernment comes in, you guys. Like, I understand your culture maybe having fire and brimstones, and I'm sure that's going to work for some people, but that's not everybody. It's Sometimes not, yeah. your fire and brimstone may be the reason somebody commits suicide, mm. because now you're driving them way away from Further. Jesus. Exactly. You're being counterproductive. Yes! So we have to really, like, listen to the Lord. Like, love has to be our driving factor, and love sometimes looks like rebuke y'all don't like sure to hear that part love sometimes does look like you know god being firm with you love sometimes does look like 
God maybe snatching your boy, your little old boyfriend and you suffering a heartbreak. That's also love, you know. But we have to really know like the love of God has to be what's driving our holiness. If not, our holiness is very unsustainable. Yeah. Like you cannot be holy without a revelation of Christ Jesus. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, holiness is not black and white. Holiness is legit like Christ. But if you don't know that Christ is if you don't know Christ, everything else you're doing is literally dead works. And the Bible says our righteousness as filthy rags. So everything you're doing literally might still lead you to hell, but you think you're doing something. Yeah. So. My God. Well, we're at 55 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. In conclusion, y'all, know Jesus. Like, I really want people to know Jesus because I, I really see that in the culture. And I think, I think different cultures have, like, different things, like, and everyone wants to, like, you know, follow people in the church who seem like they're doing something. But legitimately, like, just to really follow God. Yeah. Like, I just, I really just want people to follow God. Like, even in your call, don't follow culture. Follow God. Because some people are like, oh, I'm a prophet. So that means I must be, like, you know, like, rebuke and fierce and firm. That's not, that's not true. Yeah. There are a lot of, like, there are prophets who are very loving, you know? That does not mean anything. God gave you a personality for a reason. Don't try to switch your personality to fit into your culture. Yeah. And if you are very soft and your church is not soft, that's fine. Be who you're called to do. And that's what the body of Christ is for anyways. Like, everyone is not supposed to be the same. So, just be yourself, child. One body, many members. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Chi Chi. You have anything fun to do? Because we said we're going to make people laugh. I was just going, well, we're about to finish, but I was going to have you shout out your books. Oh, shameless plug. Snappy. Okay. So, hi. I do have three books. My first book is called Pick Up Your Crown. um, And it's just about identity. Um, If you want to get to know me for real, for real, read that book. Because, like, it's about, like, my struggles, finding God and finding myself. The Bible says, the Bible talks about, like, how we don't get to know God. Like, we don't get to know who we are except through Christ. Ephesians 1. Read, the, read it in the message translation. Um, it says, it's in the Christ that we find out who we are and yeah. what we're living Ephesians for. Ephesians is really, that yeah. that book solidifies your identity for real, for real. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. unless you know Christ, you will never find out who you are and what you're living for. My second book is called Abba's Touch. And it's all about experiencing God as a father, something I never experienced. So when God finally showed me himself as a father, that's what that's about. And my third book is called The Ninth Month. And it's about intercession, something Jesse can talk all about. Oh, gosh. you know, Jesse is the chief intercessor, my God. But, yeah, it's all about intercession and breaking your prayer well and really just, like, birthing out what God wants, wants you to birth out in prayer. Amen. Well, Guys, I really hope that you enjoyed this. I enjoyed this. I, feel I enjoyed like this too. A lot of things were touched on. And um, yeah, like to piggyback off of her final remarks, like get to know Jesus. Like yeah. he is the way. Like regardless of what anybody says about what you should or should not do, regardless of that, at the end of the day, you will answer to the Lord for everything you do. So it's best that you know him. Yeah. Amen. So I hope to see y'all on the next one. Not to hope. I will see y'all in the next one. I hope y'all enjoyed this. Peace. What up, y'all? I just want to say that I appreciate each and every person that decided to listen to this latest podcast episode. I hope you were blessed and I hope you enjoyed it. There is definitely more to come. If you have not followed me on Instagram, follow me at Jesse Prada at J-E-S-S-E-P-R-O-D-A. And I will see you all on the next episode. Peace.